Hello, welcome to another episode of the Tradey Business School podcast, the podcast to help you grow your trades and general contractor business more profitably, more purposefully, and with a lot more passion. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Miranda Hill, and of course, my name is Barry William Magadidi, and we want to speak about identifying and tracking KPIs and why KPIs are important in trades business. Now, this episode is part of the mini-series that we've done based on uh, my book, The Path to Freedom, uh, The Nine Steps to Create a Highly Profitable Business That Can Work Without You. Miranda, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. I've loved recording this mini-series, um, The Path to Freedom. I've just witnessed the the significant effect it's had on so many business owners, and I just love each and every one of these chapters, and uh, cannot wait to talk a little bit more about KPIs with you today, Barry. Yeah, look, one thing I noticed is the more and more, like, you know, I wrote the book and the book was a combination of 18 years of, of growing my own companies and, and coaching and working with a lot of others to do the same. But what I love is that even though it's compiled in a book, every time we, we, we speak on it, we dive into this or we, we talk to our clients about it, uh, new things come about and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And what I also love is that we've been able to systemize the results for our clients within the Trade Business School uh, coaching programs as well. And I guess... You know, I want to talk to you around uh, why KPIs kind of matter, uh, because I remember it was not something that I ever got taught back in uh, the early stage of starting my business. I was never taught this at school. And I know that a lot of business owners, you know, tradies, general contracts we speak to aren't measuring things, right? The way that they measure the success of their business is they look at the bank account. And if I've got money in my bank account, thumbs up, we're doing the right thing. If there's no money, thumbs down, we need to go and do some more sales. And it's kind of like driving a car blind. There's a reason that your car, that your motorbike, that anything like that, any vehicle has a dashboard and your business is a vehicle. Your business is a vehicle for wealth. It's a vehicle for purpose, for passion and for expression. Now, there's also a reason why the average car only has a half a dozen or a dozen things in the dashboard versus a sports car has a lot more things to measure, right? Now, look at this in the context of your business. KPIs uh, help us to identify business critical numbers to allow us to understand whether we're on track or off track. Now, that might be on track or off track to uh, hitting sales goals, profitability, uh, you know, client retention rate, uh, quality of jobs, the time it takes to deliver a job or a project. KPIs are for a wide range of things in your business, and we will break them down a bit more in this episode in terms of uh, how you go about picking the right KPIs and which ones to start with as well. Uh, with our clients the other day, we did a workshop on KPIs, and you know, it, despite knowing the critical numbers, it, it's fascinating how still there's a constant evolution and checking in on what matters most. Um, you know, KPIs are the are the are the pulse. Are the heartbeat of a business. When you think about it, when when you go to hospital, what do the nurses come and do all of the time? While well, you're you're in hospital, they come and check your pulse, your temp, and those oh, vital, yeah, yeah. Your, your vital numbers consistently and regularly. So this is not about we're going to measure something once a year and go off and then run our business. It's it's coming up with some key numbers or metrics. Um, to measure. So KPI stands for a key performance indicator. In fact, it's it's a number that you're going to measure. It's it's something that's going to have a number against it um, that you're going to um, measure and track in your business that will tell you 
um, whether you're on track or off track. Um, you know, linking through to the earlier episodes, if you haven't tuned into them already as part of this mini series, go back and listen to Vision and Mission because KPIs are directly related to um, giving you, I guess, that insight and that guide into whether you're on track or off track and heading in that direction um, or to someplace else. Um, they'll tell you whether or not your business is healthy or not. Uh, and help you to make decisions that will directly impact the results that you want. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you spoke about the hospital checking vital signs, we talked about the analogy of the car. Like I'm sure that when they first created the car or when they first created uh, the, the health system, they were probably not the things they started with. And I guess that the important thing to note is it's better to have some KPIs in place and having nothing at all. And we'll give you the top five to measure regardless of what stage of business you're at. One thing that I'll mention though is that, you know, like I look at the various companies um, that I'm involved in and, you know, back years ago, I used to have these annual dashboards that I built. Now I'd measure things weekly, but I would set the targets annually. And one thing that I found is that I'd get a week or a few months in most likely and things would need to change. And what would happen is that stuff up my data because I had this whole 12 month dashboard. And so what I changed in that, that was a huge, uh, huge opportunity for the business moving forward and allowed us to grow faster and more profitably is I started to uh, set my KPIs quarterly. And what I mean by that is set the KPIs that I was measuring. And every quarter I'd review whether those KPIs actually allowed us to get closer to where we wanted to go or whether they were a distraction moving us away. Right, and over the years I've refined those, and out of the six, seven different companies that I own or that I'm involved in, they all have very different dashboards because they are different businesses. So the point I'm trying to make here is that you know, although you own a carpentry business and so does your mate, there's going to be some similar KPIs that you both measure because they're fundamental to growing a great business. However, depending on the in particular problems or challenges that your company faces versus your friends, you might have different KPIs in place to get on top of that current issue, right? So that's not something you set today and you just then measure them for the rest of your life. You need to create these regular moments to check in and ask yourself, is this KPI valuable, right? Like if there's only so much space on the dashboard of your car, does this need to be on there, right? And one thing that I, that I spoke about before in previous episodes, Miranda, is the Michelangelo effect, right? And it's a story about uh, when Michelangelo was, was and finished carving that exquisite statue of the David out of solid stone. He was asked, how did you do it? Like, how did you carve this incredible figure out of a solid piece of stone? He said, well, it was super easy. I just carved away everything that wasn't the David. Now, this is the way that I see business brander is that we want to constantly make sure that we're carving away everything that's not moving us closer. KPIs, tasks, responsibilities, projects, conversations, everything's not moving us towards our ultimate vision or mission, right? And it's not aligned with our values. We need to start carving away, mm. right? And KPIs help us to understand how our staff are performing, right? How, how our business is performing, how our strategy is performing, right? It's also a clear dashboard that allows us to win as an organization. You go and watch people playing basketball, someone playing that aren't keeping score versus those that are keeping score. The people that aren't keeping score are not going to be as fierce or as motivated than those that are, right? The dashboard allows us to track the game of business and allows us to ensure that, that we know what winning looks like as a team and that we can actually win as well. Mm. 
And could you imagine going to a footy game in a stadium and buying your ticket and all sitting down to watch the teams with no scoreboard? <laughs> <laughs> so we're not having a lovely time running around and, and, and no scoring and no scoreboard. Um, yeah. The motivation of the audience for a start, um, I mean, I don't need to go into the details of what it would be like. It just would not be a great experience. Um, so, think, you know, just... Hmm? I was just going to say, a thing to note on that is, you know, an important point to bring up, I guess, at this point in time, is the difference between lead and lag measures, right? Now, if we if we look at football five years ago, ten years ago, they weren't necessarily measuring touches, handballs, marks, right? As the games progressed, they brought in more of these stats. They they shine across the screen, right? Back many, 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 many years ago, they just measured how many points and how many goals, and what's the total score, right? As the games evolved, so have the statistics because they understand that what you see on the scoreboard is a lag measure, meaning that you can't influence it or change it. It's like your PL. You can't influence or change it when you're looking at it. But what you can influence and change is well, how many handoffs do we have? How many marks do we have? Right? In our business, how many leads are we generating? How many sales conversations are we having? Right? What's our cost per, per inquiry? They're leading measures that allow us to ultimately make a sale that ends up being a lag measure. Do you want to expand that a bit more, Miranda? Yeah, I, I think um, yeah, lead and lag measures is something worth mentioning a couple of times. Very, very important. Um, and I, in the simplest terms, I look at a lag measure as something that's past-based. It's happened yeah. already. Uh, yeah. And a lead measure is future-based. It's the things that you can do that will directly impact on the lag measure. So, you know, weight's a great one to use and you hop on the scales and the weight that it tells you is a lag measure. There's nothing in that moment you can do that will influence it saying, uh, well, however many kilograms is on the scale. However, if you start thinking about maybe uh, decreasing calories, um, you know, frequency of visits to McDonald's, um, all of those, those things uh, you will, will have a direct impact on next time you hop on the scale. So um, very, very important that we have uh, lead measures set as KPIs in our business um, for the overall business and for the roles, um, the key divisions within our business because, well, they boost motivation because they're within people's control. I think, Barry, you had a great example of an, um, um, when you had your uh, kitchen business. About that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that I was uh, the example. Yeah, so, so if you also want to dive down deeper on this, um, make sure you do get a copy of The Path to Freedom. You can get it through Amazon because we have like a, a SOP, like a how-to at the end of the chapter of specifically how to implement KPIs, how to track them, which ones you should implement and so forth as well. So make sure you grab a copy of that. But yeah, I used to run a kitchen company and I remember going to my staff after I worked everything out, I got clear of my goals, where I wanted to go and I had a number of salespeople or kitchen designers at the time and I went to them uh, during a meeting and said, look guys, you need to uh, each close a million dollars of sales a year. And I remember looking at their eyes, bulge as I said this, because you've got to understand that where they were coming from is they were coming from getting paid a few grand a month, right? And to them, a million dollars was huge. And what I actually started noticing is their performance went down. And I witnessed this and I was like, how can their performance be going down when I've given them a clear goal? And that was when I realized that I overwhelmed them. And so I reverse engineered this, and this is before I understood what lead and lag measures was, but I reverse engineered and worked out that it was around $88,000 a month in sales each of them needed to do. 
Now, we had an average kitchen price of around 22000 So it meant that if each salesperson sold an average of one kitchen per week, based on the numbers at that point in time, they would hit a million dollars a year or a bit over, a little bit under. I then went back and looked at how many quotes were they doing a week, how many inquiries were they having, and at that point in time, we, would, we were doing like three quotes to one job, thereabouts. So I went back to them and I said, hey, guys, scrap what I said the other day. I just need to make sure that you're focusing on getting five to six inquiries a week and doing at least three quotes. So three quotes became what sort of a measure, Miranda? Three quotes became a lead measure. Right. So rather than focusing on hitting a million bucks a year, which is a lag measure, and you won't know until you get the end of year P&L, I said, just go and find three quotes a week. Make sure that you're getting inquiries of five to six people a week. And what happened? Within the next month and a half, my sales went through the roof. So did their performance. So did their commission checks. Mm. Because I broke down this big chunk that was out of their, what they perceived out of their, their, their sphere of influence, which it was, into something they could control. Mm. Right? I gave them I gave them the game plan to win. You put it within their control, within their power. And as human beings, like we want to be set up for success. We want to feel that it's within our reach. You know, if that gap between what is being asked of us and where we are now is so big, we just shut off and go, Oh, I can't need heavy. I can't do anything to influence that. So I'm gonna go away and just do what I've always done. And yeah. and, and that's not gonna get you someplace else. So um, I suppose <clears throat> there's so many ways, so many things that we could dive into here, but there are a couple of key areas to wrap it up, a couple of key areas to focus on maybe measuring um, and what KPIs to start within a business. Yeah, I think the five, the five ways, Miranda, is yeah. a really good place that regardless of where you're at in your business right now, there's, there's five critical KPIs you should be measuring. Yep. Uh, five critical KPIs. So the first one is um, around getting more clients, which is your number of leads generated. So write this, well, don't write this down if you're driving, but you know, replay this bit of the episode. Pull over. <laughs> Pull over. Pull Make over a note. Note, note the time down. of it. Yep. Number of leads generated. You want to be tracking that weekly. How many leads or inquiries are you generating coming into your business? Phones ringing, website inquiries, emails. Just write them down. And if you just write them on a piece of paper, that is Fine. Just and, and it could be too, like in your business, you, you could change this for number of quotes generated, right? Yeah. If you get a ton of inquiries, you could just call this number of quotes generated. So number of quotes that you've sent off to customers mm-hmm. and you should be measuring this weekly unless you're doing potentially, you know, you've got a much larger business, heaps of staff, you might want to measure this daily. Mm. Yeah. Right? But we talk, we're talking at least probably a, a 15, 20 million dollar company with average sales of 20 to 30 grand, not a, a 15, 20 million dollar company that's doing million dollar homes, right? It's all about volume. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So number of leads or jobs or quotes. Uh, the next one is the conversion rate. So how many of those leads, jobs, quotes convert to a sale? How many yeah. of those? What is that conversion rate? So, you know, you, you, you quote 20 in a week and um, 10 of them become, a, become clients, yeah, it's a 50% conversion rate. That's pretty healthy. Yeah. The next would be number of sales. Yeah. Now, this is basically number of quotes you've generated times your conversion rate equals number of sales. Like, it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, there's two more we want to me- me- mention, and then I want to give an example of how understanding these can be really powerful to know where to focus your business. The next one is the average sale value. 
right? Now, the easiest way to get this is to look at over, over a period of time, let's say over a week, over a month, what was the total gross revenue of sales for that period of time, a week, divided by the number of sales? And that will give you an average sale per job. Now, this is really important to know in a second when we talk about the next bit. But the last part is gross profit, right? We spoke about this a lot. We've got a profit pricing calculator within our free Facebook group trades and general contractors global. Uh, gross profit, I feel, is far more beneficial to measure than net profit because gross profit is the amount of money that you've made after you've paid for all goods and all labor required to fulfill a job, right? This is the money you make before you pay your overheads, before you pay your leases, your loans, your fixed staff. Now, you can work on getting a really big gross margin, right? If you they're not making any money, you've got too many overheads. But if you're constantly focusing on uh, the money you're making after overheads, you'll think you need to, to reduce them rather than looking at where the real money's made, which is in your cost of sales. Mm, mm. And <clears throat> so those five ways, if you start measuring and tracking those, um, you can then look at uh, which of those you might wish to increase um, and which levers to pull in your business to help boost uh, your revenue and help grow your business. So um, there, you don't have to pull, you know, to, to increase all of them. Often people think to increase revenue, it's like, well, I need to get more sales. That's what I need to do. I need to just start with sales, but it's not that at all, is it, Barry? No, no, look, the amount of amount of clients we've seen come to us that are like, oh, like, like I need to, to generate more leads. I need to spend more money on marketing. I need to improve my revenue. There's this really cool thing that if you look at these, you want to look for where the lowest hanging fruit is. Now, let's just say that you think it's about generating more leads. So to generate more leads, it's going to cost you more money and more time. But if your conversion rate shitty or, you know, which, which is going to allow for a poor number of sales, if your average sale value is low or if your gross profit margin is low, you're actually not leveraging that investment of marketing as far as you can go, right? If you focus on going, okay, cool, I'm already making sales. So because I'm already making sales right now, how can I get those people to spend more money with me? And how can I make a higher gross profit margin, Right meaning that you've already got people coming through. It's costing you nothing to get them coming through because they already are, but yet you're increasing the, the value that they're spending with your company. You're increasing your profit margin. Now you have spare cash to put back into generating more leads. But equally too, if your sales conversion rate is less than say 60, 65%, there's a huge opportunity to increase that as well. And this is why I'd always almost work back to front, You know, increase margins, increase average sales, increase my conversion rate, and then invest the money I'm now making, which is pure profit from what I had before, onto generating more leads and building my business. Mm. Mm. Um, <clears throat> you know, the simplest way to do it often is just to put your prices up a little bit. Yeah. You know, bring in and increase that average dollar of sale. Um, and uh, But that's another whole topic. So I think we've probably covered a huge amount today. Uh, it is a great, uh, I mean, though, the five ways to growth, the five key metrics to measure in your business, track them weekly, write them down and look at how those influence each other. Choose um, and pick off the low hanging fruit first. And listen, if you want to um, you know, learn a little bit more about this, then you know, drop a comment below, um, jump into our free group tradies and general contractors global, uh, lots of uh, free trainings, resources, all sorts of stuff in there. I, I even, uh, if you look in the resource section, I did record a short video just on the, the the five critical KPIs we just spoke about, or we call it the profit plan or the five ways. 
Um, and there's also a spreadsheet in there with all the formatting and stuff that all you need to do is just put your numbers in every week. So if you haven't already, jump in the free Facebook group, Trade and Quantitative Global. Make sure you subscribe and tune in to further episodes. And if you haven't already, uh, go back and rewatch the episodes you've missed because there's a lot of gold in there around all the ways you can grow a profitable trades and general contract business that can work without you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll leave it there uh, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thanks. Bye-bye. 